Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of the Zeitcast. I'm Jonathan Martin, and I'm so thrilled that you're joining us for the very first episode. The whole idea of the Zeitcast really is based on the word zeitgeist, um, sort of the spirit of the times, the mood of the moment. And I want this to be a show where hopefully we speak into the mood of the moment and we kind of engage what's happening in broader culture and more specifically um, that we talk about some of the intersections, which is really what I want to talk about today uh, because there's so much I want to do as we go. I'm going to have some great guests and uh, hopefully some fascinating conversations and segments and all kind of things. But especially being the first episode, I want to give you a little bit of sense of who I am and where I come from and what I hope will be unique about this time that we have together. I always say that I'm a hillbilly Pentecostal kind of product of sweat and sawdust of tent revivals, that kind of thing, uh, which I always say with affection, like my, you know, my dad's a preacher. My grandfather was a preacher. Very much love that world where I come from um, for all of its eccentricities. But, you know, the, the thing is, I always feel like, um, it, well, and there's backstory to this. So I just went home to North Carolina where I'm from a few days ago. I live in Oklahoma City now. But my parents, who've had the same home for over 20 years, are getting ready to move. So they're kind of in this process of sorting things. And I'm an only child, which probably explains a lot that's wrong with me, really. But, um, you know, I had the opportunity to go through a lot of my stuff, trying to figure out, you know, what goes, what stays. And part of what was really fantastic about that is that I got to go through all my old toys and papers. And I really didn't expect that to kind of trigger this whole really reflective, almost not exactly existential wrangling, but it just put a lot of things in perspective for me. Like I was going through old toys. And for those of you who are actually watching this, you'll be able to see I'm holding right now. Uh, my professional wrestlers were my absolute favorites. I've got Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man, Randy Savage right here. Although my very favorite, actually, of all time, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. That's Ric Flair is actually Charlotte's greatest export ever. Um, those of you who know anything about wrestling know about the Nature Boy. I'm talking about the jet-flying, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing son of a gun. Woo! Ric Flair. I mean, I literally used to get my hair cut at the same place that Ric Flair would come in and get his hair freshly cut and dyed every two weeks. Um, uh, I would freak out whenever I would run into him. I have a um, side story. Once I ran into him at the Common Market Deli, a place I used to frequent there in Charlotte, and he was there with like his newest wife. And there was this, it was kind of amazing because I'm openly geeking out and he has this thing where wherever he is, he's kind of always still in character as Ric Flair. And I think he's about 69 or 70 now. So at the time it's probably in his early sixties, but it was so amazing because like full throttle in the store, you know, he's like, whoo, like doing the whole thing. And he actually pulled a Ric Flair action figure out of his wife's purse. And he says to her, you see that baby? He gets it. The man of the cloth. Woo! He gets it. It was just, it was just amazing. It's like he actually is Ric Flair all the time, wherever he goes. I just thought that was extraordinary. So, like, I'm, you know, going through all my old wrestlers and all of my old, also like superpowers action figures. I'm now holding my Batmobile with Batman and Robin. All my old GI Joes. Like, it was, it was just brilliant. But the other thing that happened as I was going through all these old things is that. I started digging through some of the stuff that I was writing about, like really, really early, because even going all the way back to when I was in 
elementary school. I was doing, you know, odd things like I was I would write these little movie reviews and I was writing things about sports. And by the time then I was in high school, I was already trying to pull some of these things together. I ended up being the editor of the paper. And, you know, I would write these really heavy things about spirituality. And that was the other thing that, that also really made me laugh about this is that I found an old box of all my cassette tapes from that era. And it was the it was the wildest, most schizophrenic feeling. I mean, you look at these tapes, and on the one hand, I had like some of what we, you, people would now think of as being like the cheesiest Christian music ever. I mean, people like Carmen, who was sort of Christian music's version of kind of a Las Vegas lounge singer. And there was Petra, which was sort of your standard sort of safe Christian rock. Like almost there was a Bible verse in like every single lyrics. That was kind of like the most acceptable Christian rock. Although in those days, a lot of people still thought any form of rock and roll would send you to hell. And I'm hooking it like my cassettes. And I had Carmen right beside Coolio, like no kidding, like Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise single is right beside my Carmen tape. And like, it was all this, it's just hilarious to remember some of those things. Um, I know some of this stuff, uh, by the way, now I say like legitimately cringing would be considered cultural appropriation. But like at the time, um, I was so into R&B, like I had a whole year of middle school when I literally tried to dress like boys to men. Like I would come to school in like shorts and ties with sport coats. I mean, it's just a complete disaster. But I, I just realized how like even at that point in my life, I was living at all these kind of weird intersections. And as some of that started to, to, to kind of take off and go in different directions, because, you know, especially being sort of a product of more or less kind of rural Pentecostal churches, I'm also looking back through some of these papers. I found a whole file where when I was, and bear with me y'all, well, I was writing for the high school paper. I find this whole file where uh, my best friend in high school, um, uh, she was black and she introduced me to a couple like kind of politicians in the area, like Harvey Gantt, for example, who was the mayor of Charlotte. Uh, he famously ran against Jesse Helms, a uh, very conservative senator in 1990. Uh, Harvey Gantt ended up losing that election. But, you know, like when I was growing up, kind of the world I was in, all the conservative politicians were, um, were, were, were heroes. And I wasn't aware of sort of the racial critique of somebody like a Senator Jesse Helms. But I'm finding this old file where I was researching Harvey Gantt before I interviewed him for the school paper. And I realized that as I was researching Harvey Gantt and I was having all these conversations with my best friend, how for the first time, probably when I was around 15, 16 years old, I'm waking up to this idea of racial injustice and inequity. And it was like a glitch in the matrix uh, in my life at the time. It, I, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how that fit into other things. But I was exploring it and I could feel it coming up in the things I was writing. I, this was hilarious too. I actually found a paper that I wrote. It was more basically a journal entry. I think I was 18 or 19 when I wrote it, in which I was lamenting uh, something that Jerry Falwell Sr. had said uh, kind of in the press and how he doesn't represent all Christians. And I'm so upset about this. And I'm reading this now as a person. Some of you would know this. Um, I had a real public spat with Jerry Falwell Jr. a couple of years ago. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like 20 years ago, I was taking it to Jerry Falwell Sr., you know, like in my journal, long before I ever kind of went mano and mano with Jerry Falwell Jr. And I think it just, it just put some things in perspective for me because I think so much of my life, I felt like everything about who I am and what I've become, whatever it is I've become, felt like such an accident and just makes me feel like a weirdo. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, like I think I'm so peculiar and unique, like legitimately feeling odd, like always feeling a little misplaced wherever I am um, with because my social concerns made me feel weird within my faith community. Uh, the depth of my spirituality and that very vibrant uh, Pentecostal mystical thing that's in me made me feel weird in more activist spaces. It's just always this sense of like not fully belonging anywhere that I've been. And I can look back at these different seasons in my life at how I was always trying to sort of censor one side of that or the other or place something down uh, to, to be accepted in another space. And just the kind of, you know, in that sort of manic desire to be accepted in some way. I think where all this hit me is like being really, really profound is I think somehow, even though I didn't know how to articulate it then, I didn't know what to do with it. And I mostly experienced some of this as not just tension, but at the time, even as contradiction, like why am I being pulled in opposite directions? And because sometimes that would feel like a kind of violence. Like, why am I so into this and this? Uh, I don't know what to do with all this. Like, like as if there was something that was wrong with me. Uh, you know, at this point, I really feel like I, I learned somehow intuitively early on, I think I was learning that God actually exists at those intersections. You know, I, I, I didn't know quite how to put all that together. But I think there was a yearning for it. There was a longing for it. Like, uh, what uh, what does it look like to to bring these worlds together? I've had a few folks even ask me, like, with the podcast, you know, like, hey, so now, like, you're not gonna like, you're not gonna talk about politics, are you? You know, but but here's the thing. Like, I feel like whenever we bring worlds together, it's always going to be messy. Um, inevitably, it's going to be human. It's going to be messy. But that's that's what I'm coming to see is I really do think God is always at the intersections. Um, in the world I grew up in, we would talk a lot about holiness. And uh, sometimes that would be conceived in sort of personal pietistic terms. Like it's more about you kind of whether or not you've been naughty or nice. But at this point in my life, I've really come to believe that what holiness really is about is wholeness. It's about integration, about kind of having all of you moving in the same direction. Um, it's the challenge of my life to try to move towards that kind of wholeness. Um, uh, the, any wrong decision I've ever made, anything I've ever regretted, I feel like ultimately came out of a place of disintegration where there was this kind of a radical division between personal and private, where I was trying to keep things compartmentalized. That's where we're unhealthy is where we're compartmentalized. But when all of us is kind of moving in the same direction, I think that's that's where the good stuff happens, even if it happens kind of in an awkward way, even if we end up kind of mixing some things up in the lab and making stuff explode and you don't know exactly what's going to come out of that. I actually think that's where the magic is. And on some, um, and on some strange level, I feel like that's just, that's where God meets us. I think even... Physically, if you think about the, the an actual cross, like a literal cross, these two beams together, 
The cross is like the physical embodiment of an intersection. The very idea of Jesus as the Christ, this is the word made flesh, or uh, Frederick Buechner has this lovely expression, the word made bone and bowel. It's like divine and human fully collide. Um, that's what I really am striving for at this point in my life, is I want these things to collide. And I don't care if it's messy. I don't care what the fault is. I don't really care if I fail at it. I'm just that convinced at this point that that's where the good stuff happens is is at the is at the intersections. So really, that's what I want the Zeitcast to be all about. I want us to explore the intersections, um, the ones that come a little easier, and the ones that sometimes are more awkward. Um, so what? So how does faith inform? politics. But I also do want to talk about TV shows that I'm really into. And I might want to talk about a poem one day. And um, I want to talk about any and all kinds of things, because I'm just convinced that it's, it's at these intersections that life really happens, and that spirituality really happens. And I just really want to invite you on that journey with me. I also want to invite you to consider, though, to make this hopefully a little bit more applicable in your own life. I just wonder what ways um, already you might sort of be resisting, because that's what I can look back and I can see, is that before I felt like um, the fact that I had these, that I held these tensions where there were these kind of competing, conflicting desires that went in seemingly opposite directions, I always thought that that meant that there was something wrong with me. What if it's exactly those tensions? What if it's exactly those places of conflict? What if that's not what's wrong with you, but that's exactly what makes you special? What makes you particular? What if it's exactly kind of in the midst of those tensions that you figure out what your sense of calling is? And I'm using that in the broadest possible sense of the word, like calling in the sense of like that sense of finding your own purpose and identity. Who am I? What am I here for? Uh, we like, what do I want to do and be in the world? I think it's actually in those tensions um, that we find out who we are. So I just want to invite you to consider that maybe in your own life that God is at those intersections that you're trying to avoid. And instead of maybe running from that. And instead of like, you know, because I feel like we do this thing, um, or at least it's often what I've done is that, you know, it can be very reactionary, right? Like we kind of move from one end of a continuum to another, and it can be like really, really reactive. What would it look like to just let all of these competing things kind of coexist? What would it look like to kind of bring it all into the same room and just see what happens? I'm convinced that that is where the Holy Spirit meets us. I'm convinced that that's where creativity happens. Um, you know, those, those moments. And, you know, I know not everybody necessarily has the same kind of creative gifts, but I think everybody actually is able to make something. There's something in you to make. There's something in you to do. And I think it's actually in embracing the tension. And uh, even if the intersection feels a little bit more like a collision, I don't think that's a thing to be afraid of. I think that's a thing to be embraced. Really, really beautiful things come out of those kind of collisions. So that's what we'll be going for here on the Zeitcast is letting the collisions happen. 
So maybe there won't be a, any stoplights here. <laughs> like all, all the traffic gets to come in and we'll have the messy conversations and we'll have the really human conversations. And we'll see if there's not a way in that God might actually meet us in the middle of these really, really messy intersections. Thanks so much for joining us for the first episode. I want to just uh, encourage you, if you like what you hear, uh, feel free to check out my website. It's jonathanmartinwords.com. There's a link there uh, to my Patreon account. So if you would like to support us that way, that would be huge um, because this I will be coming to you every day, Monday through Friday. Um, so obviously that's taken a significant leap. Uh, partnering with me in any way would be incredibly significant. So would love for you to jump on there. Um, and however, because I know people are experiencing this on multiple platforms, some folks are watching on YouTube, some are listening, uh, audio platforms, but subscribe, rate, like, share, depending on where you are, that would mean the world to us. And we'll look forward to jumping back in tomorrow. Thanks for joining me for the first episode of the Zeitcast.